You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. I'm talking about straining for that logo on the side of your helmet and not the name on your back. Yes, sir. Because we know what it represents. It represents everybody here you see and everybody you can't that we've talked about. I'm here to strain with you, man. I swear to God I'm here to strain with you. Let's go. Everything you got, strain with everything you got. Let's go. Bills on three. One, two, three. Bills. You're listening to the Off Tackle with John Fita Show with your host, Joe Miller. Well, what is going on, everybody? Welcome. Welcome, everybody, into the Off Tackle with John Fina Show, brought to you by the Market Dominator on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network, presented by Picasso's Pizza. Treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza on game day. Picasso's We Are Buffalo Pizza, shipping local nationwide. Order online at picassospizza.net. I am the host of this here lovely show, the Off Tackle with John Fina Show. My name is Joe Miller. You can find me on Twitter, Joe Miller Wired, and sitting beside me is not John Fina. It is the uh, the formidable <laughs> Jerry O, the big O, Jerry Ostrowski, former Buffalo Bill for how long? Nine years? Was it nine or? Yeah, I was up there 10 if you count practice squad. So ten. I was in Buffalo for 10 years, but nine years playing. But uh, John Fina is not going to be with us this evening, and I'll explain that here in a second. But uh, Jerry O, welcome to the show. I, I'm flattered. I mean, you. I feel like I got called up from the practice squad to be on such a uh, amazing <laughs> show. Uh, huge fan of you guys. Uh, watch you every week and you do a wonderful job and um, it's nice to be able to watch a show that that gets down to the real content and, and talks about real stuff well i appreciate that it's great to have you um so john fina is not going to be with us uh for this episode uh his mom Anne marie fina uh passed away yesterday after i don't know she there, there was a, a period of time there where she was what's the word is uh, what's the word you would use not deteriorating but she was coming yeah, she- to Coming to yeah. the end, I guess, is the right. way that you would say it. Right. Uh, a wonderful woman who you got to meet, if, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. And and being that I never did get the opportunity to to meet uh, Mrs. Fina, why don't, if you've got something just... That the from, thing from, about her, she's 86 years old when she passed, and she lived yeah. a wonderful life. And the thing about her was, if you, if you know, uh, if you have a friend or you have your mother's this way, she was a true blue italian matriarchal mother she was a true blue italian lady like my grandmother and that's why i loved her she reminded me of back home and um she loved her family she loved kids she loved a lot of people did a lot of stuff with exchange students and all those things up with people so um you know godspeed mrs fina we'll see you at some point yeah mrs fina went on to be with the lord and uh just as jerry just said we will see her again someday because she was awesome and uh loved jesus so uh but uh yeah if you've got if you're a praying individual uh thoughts and prayers go out to john fina and his family as they've lost 
their mom and obviously Mima and Mimi and the kids have lost their grandmother. So exactly. uh, heart, our hearts, minds, thoughts, everything are with you, John. So I doubt you're listening, but if you catch it on the on the replay, just know that uh, that we are we are with you in spirit uh, this evening. So, but uh, yeah, so we got a lot to talk about. Uh, we have a football game to talk about, but before we do, I want to uh, get in a word from our sponsor, John Spazcheck, mm-hmm. the market dominator, and his team. Strategy, strategy, block, block, vision, get your vision up, balance, foot back, head up. Yeah, these are some of the strategies my good friend John Fina used to dominate on the field when he was playing for our great Buffalo football team. And these are some of the things that I use in real estate to dominate as the market dominator and also the proud sponsor of the John Fina Show hosted by Joe Miller. So if you want to win in the real estate market, it's gonna be important to bring good vision so you can see what's out there, good balance of the market. Folks, strategy is critical, and this is what we do. We educate, we advocate, we negotiate, and we dominate. So if you wanna win the way our football team is, you call me directly, 716-570-3298. Let's go, Buffalo! <laughs> so Those it was fine zone steps, man. Those kids are coached well. I was just wondering if if what they're doing and what he was doing was actually legitimately accurate. I was going to ask you, like, how are his like head up strategy thing? Uh, he wasn't too bad. Good independent hands, um, but those guys behind him were were well coached. They're doing well. I don't know where he got that video from. Uh, he provided it, but uh, John is the man. And ladies and gentlemen, uh, you know we we ask you guys to support all of our sponsors. If you're in the market to buy or sell a home, please call John and his team. You will not regret it. Uh, he's my agent. Uh, 716-570-3298 is the number. And I actually have the wrong banner up. It's supposed to be this one. So John would yell at me if he was in the room. But football game, the Buffalo Bills uh, this past weekend dropped a, I would not say that it was a heartbreaker. I would say that it was, uh, it was a, the, the, the phrase that I used at the top of my show, the overreaction post game show was that it was a barbarian war against David and wounded Goliath on the surface of the sun with no water. Do you, do you <laughs> accurately describe that football game? I mean, um, yes, you could say it was that way. I, there's, you know, there's some things about the game that were interesting to me. There was some good play. There was some really bad stuff that happened, but the thing, you know, I'm going to go back to, to Ken Dorsey's um, uh, moment at the end of the game. Loved it. I, I loved every minute of it, you know, because when you understand, here's the thing, and and I'm sorry for the for the apologists out there and the soft people that think that was bad and we're going to write editorials about it and everything else. When you put that much time and effort into something and, and it's right there for you and you have the opportunity to win and you don't, it it's sometimes it it releases things in you that are that are not great. Mm. And, you know, I was always told from a young, young age that football games are determined on about seven plays a game, okay? And and Dorsey calls all these plays. Now, if you'll ask him, every play is designed to score, okay? Mm. Even a fullback dive. But he knows, too, that he's going to get to a situation where I got a chance to make a play to win a game. Right. And he did everything, and it was right in front of him. He called the perfect play. The play was there. And it wasn't made. And not only was it not made, it was not made by your best player on your team. And that's kind of hard to take sometimes. Yeah. But you know what? They're going to go back to work. They'll get hydrated. They'll get their bodies back right. And they'll be ready to play this week. 
Yeah, so we are going to talk about this game. We're going to have uh, we're going to go through the the, re- the regular rigmarole, as my dad likes to say. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna we got some video clips that you're going to break down for us as far as just from some execution standpoint for this game. We're going to talk about the good. We're going to talk about the what needs work. We're going to talk about uh, our next expectations, and we're going to start just as you did with thoughts on this game. And I will say this: if anybody out there watching us live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter has a question. Uh, for Jerry, or you got a comment, the best thing that you can do is jump over to YouTube and you can do a thing called a super chat. So it'll show up and it'll glow on our screen. And I'm, uh, what's the word? I'm obligated to read it at that point. Um, (laughs) I'll do my best to monitor the chat in the comment section while you guys are here. And while Jerry's talking, if I miss something, I'm not, not ignoring you. It's just sometimes that's the way that it works. But for me, you know, my thoughts on this game, I wasn't upset. Um, You know, I had this, I had this, I had a confidence about this football game going into it, even with the injuries. And it wasn't a confidence that we were going to win. It was, I didn't, it wasn't a, it wasn't a pregame. Jerry, you've met, you were a member of this team. I mean, you were, and you were a member of this team kind of at the ledge, right? When, when everything, when everything went down. Um, And, and, and I know that you follow this team and it went from being as a child for me, not a child, high school or college person, whatever, right? College student into my early adult years and just always expecting this team to win. That's what just what you expected. We, right. uh, it's Sunday. We're going to win. Like, that's what we do. To 17 years, 20 years of getting our asses beat in by the Patriots, literally laying eggs on national TV, folding like a chair. Like, if we were up, we ended up down. Like, there was just – it was just – we could, if we had a good defense, the offense sucked. If we had a good offense, the defense sucked. If we had a fantastic, phenomenal defense, Rex Ryan came in and took it from a four-three wide nine to a three-four hybrid and blew it up and destroyed it. Like it just seemed like every. So it wasn't even a situation of like, no, no, this team is good and I'm going to win. There was I had a, I had a feeling of it doesn't matter if we lose this game. It, it this the whole season isn't teetering on this one football game. It's kind of like is kind of where I was, and even after the game. There were six. There were six misses. There were six things that could have changed the outcome right. of that football game. Josh Allen skipping that ball to Isaiah McKenzie in the end zone, right? Uh, the the bobbled snap at the half, so we didn't get to to kick a field goal there. Uh, Gabe Davis dropping that touchdown. Matt Milano with the the missed pick six. I mean, the, the shanked field goal. There's play after play after play after play that easily. This game could have been forty to twenty one, right? No, you're totally correct. And if I think if you look at the thing that was alarming to me. And I understand that it was hot. And, and we've all, if you played the game long enough, we've all played in games like that. I think I've been, I think I played in Miami probably eight or nine times, I think, mm-hmm. something like that. But if you look at just what happened, I think the guy in the building that's probably the most disappointed right now and's probably back at the drawing board trying to figure it all out is the head strength coach. He's probably meeting with his people right now and he's trying to figure out why did we, you know, the term that we used to use is bonk. And it's kind of one of those deals when it goes, it goes and you can't get it back. Right. Why did we bonk so hard? Why did we? And if you look at all those key mistakes, Joe, when were they? They were at the end of the first half mm-hmm. and the end of the second half. Right. 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 Back when we were probably the most tired. Right. Out and, of um, Out of exactly. And when you when you're tired like that, you can't think it's it's that simple. And to see that many guys go off with to, to take IVs, to see that many guys go off with, with heat related issues. That was kind of interesting to me. I know it was crazy hot. 
no, you can't go ahead and put shade over the visiting stands and give you know give them the same thing that the Dolphins. Are. If you're going to do that, then what are you going to do, folks? You're going to create a nice little warm igloo in December when they come up here? No, it's called home field advantage, right? It's that way for a reason. Well, the, so that, you just have to be prepared. It brings up a good question, and mm-hmm. I, I put this, I I tweeted this back at somebody, and it was a national person. I don't remember exactly who it was, but you know. I, I, I'm one who I don't like to sit in the cold, but I appreciate the home field advantage. And I very much believe that Buffalo is a home field advantage stadium as is green Bay, uh, as is Chicago, cold weather stadiums, Seattle in the wintertime, because these guys come from South Florida or they come from Texas or they come from Arizona and they're not used to playing or some of the cold weather teams where they're not used to being outside Minnesota, they come to Buffalo and now they're in the elements. So I'm a fan of that home field advantage but my what I kind of tweeted back was is you don't do anything unless the NFL mandates domes for every city right. for every team, and this is the question I want to ask you: Is it time the NFL mandates domes for every city? I mean, doesn't it affect no. the purity um, of the game? I, I say no, but the reason they would mandate a dome is if you know what's getting ready to happen, which is legalized gambling across the United States, and if they think having a dome stadium makes the most um, uh, equal, you know, playing advantage for both sides, and I could see them doing it. Right, but you know, I, I, I always thought it was much tougher going to going to Miami in December. You know, when you're sitting there and you know your rear ends is, you know, you, you're up in that, you're up in Buffalo, and for the last three and a half, three months, it's been 15 below zero, and you're outside snow blowing your driveway or whatever else, and then you get on a plane and you got to go play in 89, 90 degree weather. Right, and it's right. like that. To me, that was the worst because you know you put on a little bit of you know you put on a little bit of weight from the holidays, and yeah. then you're going down. It's just so. No, I always thought it was tougher later in the season and earlier in the season. So anyway, that was a big thing to me. Um, that was one area of concern. The other area of concern was we were we were not as strong as we normally are up the middle of both sides of the ball. Jordan mm. Phillips not playing was a huge. At Oliver as well. At Oliver as well. Yep, and at Oliver not being in there, and then we didn't have Mitch Morse either. And when you're in a hostile environment and situation like that, and you don't have your number one a center that's played for what? How many years has Mitch played? Thirteen? I don't know, something like that. No, it's not that long. I think he's in his eighth year. Okay, uh, eighth, even eighth. eighth year. I mean, a guy that has that much experience. Yeah, four years in Kansas City, and then I think this is his, yeah. this is his fourth year with Buffalo. I could be right. wrong. But I'm close. Right. As, Van, as much as Van Ruten fought his rear end off, I mean, that's a tough draw for him. You're playing in a hostile environment, huge heat with a loud crowd. Um, you you played center, you played center for this football team. Um, you played every position, did you not? Yes, everything but left tackle. Everything Nobody but left. could take left tackle. That was Johnny's. <laughs> <laughs> so speak real quick, if you could, because the things that I know, and it's funny because one thing that's not talked about sidebar, um, and I didn't necessarily, I'm sure that I may have known, but it didn't strike me. So the, the botched snap at the end of the half, mm-hmm. when Josh Allen took the snap and, and, and was going to spike the ball and didn't, and the announcer was like, oh my God, it's the Dan Marino play because he jumped up and fired right. that digs. I didn't even know that. And Josh said it in the presser because I bobbled it. Had I spiked it, it would have been intentional grounding. Like it wasn't a clean motion. So the fact right. that Josh Allen knew that first of yeah. all, that he knew that to me is like, Oh, okay. <laughs> That's big. The second to that is the fact that he stood up and digs was standing there and somehow was ready to catch the football. 
because it was completely not planned. It wasn't, they weren't doing the Dan Marino play, but speak real quick if you could, because the thing that I noticed the most, uh, both in the Tennessee game and this one, Josh Allen, typically when, you know, there's a, there's a chemistry, there's a, a relationship between a center and a quarterback. And even when you look at, you know, shotgun snaps, when Mitch Morris is dropping the ball, the ball's right here every time, right here every time. Josh Allen, for all intents and purposes, is looking at the defense when the ball's on its way to him. You know what I mean? Because he knows where the ball's going to be. When Van Roten snaps the ball, he's scooping to his left. He's scooping to his right. It's low. It's high. It's 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 a little bit erratic. And people were on the radio today talking about, well, why aren't they taking an extra twenty minutes after practice to work on that relationship between and 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 Tasker and Chris Brown today were like they did, like they knew Van yeah. was probably going to play right. and they worked on it, but. Talk if you could, long setup for this question. I'm sorry. Talk if you could just about that new center quarterback or new or new quarterback center, just that relationship. Because right. we saw they there was some mishandling of the football in that game. Well, first of all, the hardest thing to do, if you look at football nowadays, where do we take all 99% of our, our snaps from? The shotgun, shotgun. correct? So mm-hmm. to go under center is hard for a lot of quarterbacks because they they're not used to it. They haven't done it in college. And then you go down to Miami and and you got, you know, hey, it's just the way it is. Van Van Ruten's rear end is probably soaked. Right. The ball's wet. I mean, there's a lot to it. You just it, it's it's harder than it seems. So right. you have that aspect. And yeah, I mean, he's uh, the kid's out there fighting for his life, man. He's out there fighting and scrapping. He's got guys on him. I mean, he's his first start. It's in Miami. It's bad enough. It's hot as it is. It's our rival. I mean, there's a lot to it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I thought he fought his tail off and it, what he did, it was hard. It's hard to do, but you're right. It's, it's not just going and snapping 20 minutes after practice, right? The only way that you can really get comfortable snapping a football is having two frothing 300 plus pounders over you and you're <laughs> snapping it and you're seriously, it's, it's, I guess. It's, just like we, it's just like we go to games. Like I was at Ole Miss this weekend watching my son play and the first drive of the game, they go right down the field and score. And then everybody's like, I can't believe that Ole Miss. We have nobody in practice that can can give you on scout team the speed of what you're going to see. Right. It's like when you right. play Navy and Army running the option. I don't care who you have in practice. Right, right. No ball with ball, whoever. It, you have eight balls. It doesn't matter. Right. You know, and that speed of the game's different. So until he gets more reps and games, you know, it, it'll be a little bit here and there. Yeah, it's it's interesting. What you just said is interesting because there's been many times the Bills have faced an opponent, not a lot, but many times, a, a number of times where the the opposing team will go right down the field and score, and then that's it. And it's like that right. was easy. We're in trouble. And then once the Bills kind of figure out what this is going to feel like, what you're going to do against us, Leslie Frazier right. does Leslie Frazier things, and McDermott I'm sure helps. And then bang, they just shut the door. Right. And then they bend and they don't break the rest of the way. Uh, this is actually a really good question from not the Ralph Wilson Sr. This person's handle is just Ralph, who you have met, Ralph Wilson Sr. But <laughs> but he says, uh, Jerry, with the lack of push up front, should Cromer switch from zone scheme to pin and pull gap scheme? And this is an interesting question because I have felt, and I could be wrong, and John and I, we don't go back and forth because you don't go back and forth with John. Right. But I have said many times that it feels like they have forced the wide zone, the zone scheme on this offensive line for a while now. And every time they realize this isn't going to work, we don't have the backs for it, we don't have the offensive linemen for it, they switch to the pin and pull, and the end of the season they find success. Cromer is a different animal, obviously. He's a much better line coach than Bobby Johnson. So what are your thoughts on just this question? I think you do a little bit of both. That's my That's my – 
honest opinion. I'm not trying to bail out of this question. I think you do a little bit of both. You have to be able to do both. Mm. Actually, our backs are wide zone backs. Mm. They're not speedsters. They're not guys that are going to, you know, they're guys that are going to stretch it, stretch it, stretch it, stretch it, put their foot in the ground and get behind the guard or somebody of that nature. That's kind of what wide zone really is. It's, it's, you know, you're letting that back pick his spot to go. Um, pin and pull is a great is a great concept. It really does work a lot of times. I like it. It's a good change up. But again, it's a change up. It's mm. not. I don't think you just go ahead and everything you run is pin and pull. Uh, looking at yesterday, I think it's kind of hard to sit here and really blast an offensive line or get on an offensive line playing the situation they were. Which by the ga- end of the game, there were no reserves on the bench. Right. You know what I mean? So, um, Greg Manson snapping the football at that point. It was over. Tommy Doyle was playing right guard. (laughs) Right. Nothing. Like, who's coming in next? Like, if somebody went down, seriously, who's coming in next? I I had a moment on my couch where I was like, uh, who's left? (laughs) Right. Exactly. Deion Dawkins goes down right now. (laughs) Who's left? Deion Dawkins is playing left tackle at this point. (laughs) Right. So, yeah, I I see where you're coming from, and I agree with that. But I don't think you add that at the end of the year. I think you do that all the time. You have to – to me, once you get to pro football, you want to stay with – you know, you have your ideals, but you should be able to add plays every week depending upon what the other team does. Right. Right. It's, you know, that's the way I look at it. So final closing thoughts on just this game and kind of putting just overall arching thoughts to bed for me, and then I'll give you a chance. Um, as I said, I'm not, I'm not down about this football game at all. Do I do? I, I said it as well yesterday. I was more, I've, I've become a believer and I've become so confident that I felt like I was hurt more by the fact that they didn't execute the comeback and win, even in the final seconds. Like when when they punted the ball off the butt, but the butt punt, and we mm-hmm. got the ball back, I was like, "This game's over." Like they're gonna go twenty five yards, thirty yards, whatever. They're gonna give Bass a sixty two yard field goal attempt, and he's gonna kick it through the uprights. We're gonna win this football game. Like I was sure that they were gonna win. This loss doesn't necessarily, for me, put me in any type of a negative situation, and I don't have a problem necessarily with the heat. Although Steve Tasker, who you played with as well, did say that he doesn't ever remember it being that hot in a single game that he ever played down there, but. Do you have any final thoughts just about this game? If you're going to like just put a stamp on it and like, this is my final thought about the game. Well, first of all, I think that it's shown just how good the front office is and the coaching staff is and the scouting department is of finding talent. Oh my gosh. Um, They're pulling guys off the practice squad that are going out there and playing the way they are. Let's not kid ourselves, folks. Um, Miami had uh, 212 yards of total net offense. Okay. (laughs) 212, you had an entire secondary that was was new. I think maybe one guy wasn't. And, and one guy wasn't, Taron Johnson, and one of those rookies got injured in the first half. Yes, and one of them got injured in the first half, came out with his hand taped up, and played special teams. God love him. I love that toughness because toughness wins. And that's what's going to lead this team to a championship. The toughness displayed yesterday, not only physical but mental toughness, um, was second to none. Uh, this yeah. this franchise is in a good shape as far as oh talent oh and God. evaluation and all of that. I also love the fact that none of those coaches were like, "eh, we had our backups in, we had you know we had practice squad guys in." Hey, if I'm going to pay you ten thousand dollars a week to come practice, when it's time to go, you should be ready to go. Mm-hmm. And I think that they showed that. Yeah. Um, they did. Again, I thought the the handling of the heat was a little bit of an issue for me, but again. I would have done what Ken what Ken Dorsey did too. I'd have threw my 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 iPad. I'd have broke everything I had because 
as bad as it was, okay, as bad as it was, they still should have won the football game. Yep, yep. Especially when, when it comes down to winning it, it's in 17's hands. Yep, yep. You know what I mean? So, you know, take it for what it is. I'm like you. I'm not stressed about it. I yeah. think it showed more character than people understand. But um, there's a lot of there's a lot of fixable things, and it hurts because they thought they felt they should have won. Yeah, on fourth down, when when Josh skipped that ball to Isaiah McKenzie, uh, Dorsey they had the same shot, and Dorsey you could see the annoyance in his eyes. Like the right. did that just happen? And he kind of stacked right. his stuff and like grabbed his pad off the window <laughs> like it's over like i'm annoyed this is over so the fact that he got a second chance to do this again and like oh we're gonna win this game and then it was right. like everything just went nuts but because guys like us are going to talk about it they're going to talk about it on wgr all week long they're going to write articles about it yeah yep. and it's like we go you know and he's probably going we go over these situations in practice weekly and yeah, we didn't not, do it right so. not not Don't that not right. that way not in that heat it was it was there were right. times it, i'm belaboring this this moment but that's fine there were times in that game where it looked like the offense and the defensive lines when the Bills were on the field were in the, the, the oops the, the the trenches were in slow motion. Right. They were like well, how about this? they were barely moving. They were like, can this just be over? Like the Zach Moss long run, they all kind of stood up like yeah. it was training camp, and Zach Moss right. just took off, and they were all just like, oh, there he goes. <laughs> we call it the we call it the sumo effect. You know when you go to the basketball game, and the two people put the sumo suits on and they run into one another. That's right. what it looked like. Yeah. But no, seriously, there was what was the stat of the third quarter? The Miami offense was on the bench for 28 minutes before 28 they, minutes. you know, yeah, from the first half to the second half, 28 minutes before they right. touched the ball. Right. Are you kidding me? Well, post game press conferences, Josh Allen looks like a ginger. Me, flesh, flush <laughs> in the face, red faced hair. So you can see yeah. his whole entire body was still sweating. Two is at the podium, looks like <laughs> a night on the town. Like like he hadn't yeah. even worked that day or was even outside. It was, it was Josh Allen looked like year without a Santa Claus, looked like heat miser. Exactly. <laughs> exactly right. So we're gonna get on to the uh the good portion, the things that we thought went well in this football game. Uh, but first I want to talk about house capital. Buying a home can feel overwhelming, whether it's your first house or your fourth. Get the friendly expert knowledge of the mortgage loan officers at House Capital Corp. They specialize in mortgages with a variety of loans available. They can uh, find the best fitting loan for you. They make the system simple and hassle-free and can close on most homes in 30 days or less, which in, in this state, in New York, is a miracle. Uh, when you're ready to find your new home, get started with mortgage loan officers like Brian Belser at House Capital. Uh, learn more at House. That's H-A-U-S CapitalCorp.com. House is a registered mortgage broker of New York State Department of Financial Services. All loans arranged through third-party providers. Equal housing opportunity. House Capital 500 Pearl. NMLS 1549644. I have to do that because John loves doing that. But if you're looking, uh, if you're looking for a mortgage broker, if you're looking to refinance your home, whatever it is, uh, give Brian Belser a call. 716 815 2102. So moving to the good. So the overarching good things that you saw in this football game, the things that were like that stuck out to you was like, no, no, they did this well. They did that well. Uh talk about that real quick. I saw a secondary that was uh was backups and practice squad players that fought their tail ends off and mm. and played well for who they were going against, who people felt as you know, some people argue uh Tyreek's the best receiver in the league and, and Judy's not far behind. And, and they did a good job. Um, I thought that the football team displayed a ton of toughness. I thought they fought. Mm. I, you, you saw that it meant something to them. They didn't lay down. Um, I think that, uh, again, you look at Josh Allen's performance, 
Um, offensively, the Bills had 497 yards of offense, um, you know, 382 <laughs> passing, 115 rushing. With we just talked about it. Yeah. They're down to number eight, you know, they're number eight offensive linemen. And um I just think they, they battled and, and they showed a lot of grit. And again, the coaching staff, I think, handles them very, very well. There's and I think and like you say, it's it's kind of um uh, I don't know if it's a lack of respect. I mean, you can't say next man up when you're talking about eight to ten people, right? right. You know, next man up was what usually one or two. Yeah. Um yeah. But, you know, it's that next man up mentality. And I thought that they showed just that's what I wanted to see out of them. Yeah. I think the, the amount of fight and the amount of grit that they showed, that was big time. Yeah, you led me perfect. For me, it was the guts, right? How deep I tweeted it. How deep we're going to find out how deep the guts are of this football team. And a couple of people actually snapped back at me on Twitter when I said that. I said it in the third quarter somewhere because it just got it just got comical the amount of guys that were going out yep. and the guys that were being platooned off to get IVs and missing time and how long that offense was on the field. Uh, and the, 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 the sticking together, right. There was, there was, yeah. there wasn't anybody on that to, even with the mistakes, there was still belief on that bench that, you know, we're over here sizzling. We're a bunch of fried eggs. <laughs> like we're like, and things are not going well necessarily. We're on the field way too long. The one thing that you want the defense to do, give the ball right back to you, was almost the thing that you didn't want the defense to do, but right. they, kept, they kept doing it, right? So there was that gigantic 20-play drive in the third quarter, and I'm on my couch going, I hope the defense lets them get a couple first downs and then shuts them down because that offense needs a rest. It was like, a, I think it was four plays. They had one yeah. first down, three and out, punt the ball. I was like, this ain't good. But it was just, uh, for me, to see that team be together, and I think what's ironic about all of it is there's actually a, a segment of people, and I know you're on Twitter out there, that are like mad at Sean McDermott about this football game that we didn't we didn't win this game, and somehow it was Sean McDermott's fault because he's over there incessantly clapping his hands and telling everybody good job. But um, I'd love to know your perspective just about when when McDermott when McDermott stands at the podium and he's asked this question by Adam Benini, who I think was here when you were here. I know he Benini, said, yeah. yeah, he said, "Was it too much? Was the ask too big for the football team? The the heat." The injuries, the mistakes. Was it? Is there? A, and, and he's almost letting McDermott off the hook. He's like, "Was it just too much to ask of these of these guys?" And McDermott's like, "I have a lot of belief in these guys. Like, I believe in this football team." And he was perturbed by the question and walked off the podium. I mean, where are you at when you just with McDermott? Just give me a, a your thoughts of that man. I think he's a an outstanding football coach. I think he gets today's players. I think he understands how to communicate. He understands how to how to practice all with them and how to put a team together. And, and that's it's that's something that's overlooked nowadays. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I I say it all the time. I had a really really good friend in his retirement speech. He was a general in the Air Guard, and uh, mm -hmm. he made the comment about you know old school military leaders complaining about you know today's kids and all this that are the soft and are this and that and he's like man you know what he goes uh if you don't like change you're really not going to like irrelevance <laughs> and i think that sean mcdermott has done that to mm. a t i mean he's an old school tough guy he's an yeah. old school d coordinator yep and he's doing a wonderful job i mean he's hey you forget who his college teammate was his college teammate was mike tomlin mike tomlin that's they, right they played together and there's a reason why tomlin's played for 15 years um <laughs> or coached for 15 years or whatever i mean and never had a losing record right um you know McDerm mcdermott's a tremendous coach he's outstanding they're prepared he treats them like men um 
his assistant coaching staff is great. If you look at who comes in there, you'll know how good of a coach he is because guys like Leslie Frazier want to stay and coach with right. him. Right. Um, they're not every every year they're not bailing. It took it took the guy on television tonight as the head coach of the Giants. How long did it take him till he finally left? That's a big deal. Uh, it was four years, I believe. Right. As yep. hot of a commodity as he was, that's a big deal. And, yep. um, you know, so when you see that, you understand just what a tremendously good job he does. And it's and it's also obvious that he's got a great rapport with not only the front office and being in them, but also the Pagulas as well. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're fortunate to have him as our head coach. You just reminded me, so I popped the game on. I forgot the game was on. <laughs> so I just popped the game on. Um, no, everything you're saying is, is dead on. And it's uh, he's a leader of men. He's a student of leadership. And I know that because I've read a crap ton of leadership books. And he basically chirps things that are in these books that I read. And just to hear, just to hear his players chirp it back. And it's yeah. actually kind of taken over the NFL. NFL. So like it started with the Bills talking about this whole being the best version of yourself. And the, and the and the key to to that the key to that line, the key to that phrase of of Jerry, uh, you know, as your leader, you know, I want to make sure that you're the best version of yourself. It doesn't stop there. It's what right. follows that and what follows that are these words and then the action behind it. Because Jerry, I want you to know that I want the best for you, whether that's here or someplace else. And the most important thing for me is for you to understand that when you leave this place, I want you to have something that you take that you're taking with you. Right. Because if you leave here and you go, the greatness that I am now is a big part of because of what I did back there, because of what they did in me, it's not only going to make you better and you more fulfilled, but it's going to make us better. And there's like, right. there's, it's not, it's not just, Oh, I want to be the best version of myself, which is now what all these players and all these teams are chirping in right. Buffalo. Jordan Phillips is like, the Lawson, these guys that have left and have come back. And it just, there's, there's just something about McDermott as a head coach. And I love the guy and I think he's fantastic. And I might sound like a bootlicker right now, but for all intents and purposes, I think he's the right man for the job and I don't ever want to see him leave. I think him and Brandon Bean are, are like, tw give me 20 years of those two. Right. I don't, even if it goes bad for a couple of years, look, I trust him to get, to write the ship. It has nothing to do. He's a redheaded uh, Irishman either. Right. <laughs> it might <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it's one of those things where I sense a lot of Marv, some Marv stuff and some Wade Phillips stuff in him. Mm -hmm. And those two were really big on the treatment of everyone within the organization. Right. Um, they never put themselves on a pedestal. They never put players on a pedestal. But it was the guy, you know, everybody was down to the guy who cleaned the locker room was was very, very important yep. to our success. And I sense a lot of that in him. Agreed. And um, yeah, I mean, it's been a long time. And now we got the guy. Hopefully we can keep him here and uh, and, and yeah. keep this thing going. Got the guys, the GM, the head coach, the quarterback. Crazy. Yeah. So we're going to talk about one play. So we've got one play for you that, that was the good. And uh, Jerry picked this play. Uh, so Jerry, this is, uh, to set it up, this is, uh, the, the pass to the flat to James Cook. Yeah. Um, I don't remember exactly what the time signature was and I have it blocked out on the screen. So I, I don't know necessarily, but real quick, just set this up for us. Well, basically what Miami was doing, if you look on the inside, both inside linebackers walk down into the A gaps. Okay. And the way they, the reason they do that is to cause confusion, the cause delay of the offensive lineman. You don't know who's coming. Plus, once they clear, if they blitz, they're there. If they back out, 
uh, it causes delay by your linemen, and they maybe get to their blocks late. So can the I, Bills can bat. Go ahead, sir. Can I can I just interject at, at how yeah. like miserable Josh Allen looks in this in this frame? <laughs> <laughs> he looks like I, I, it's hot out here, yeah. and I don't want to be looking pretty good. <laughs> so if you look at the snap of the ball, um, both linebackers stay, so they're obviously going to bail. Right now, if you look at this play, they kind of what they they have a they have a couple of hot routes built into this play. Your uh, your tight end down here, number eighty five, Quentin Morris. Um, Morris, yeah, he's going to run a, a what they call a, a shallow route or a skinny or a, or a shallow seam or I'm sorry, shallow drag route across the middle. And if those linebackers were to blitz, he would be wide open over the middle. And and if you watch Josh's eyes, he looks there and he's going to dump it to him. Those guys back out, okay. Mm-hmm. So when they back out, his next read right away is the back out of the backfield. See if he, you see, he's got his arm cocked. He's looking at the at the tight end, and he sees that they come out. They're going to bail and try to jump that. So he goes right to the to the tailback. Yep. But if you notice, it's illegal if you block him. It's not illegal if you brush him or run into him. So the tight end with his natural route rubs on that linebacker just enough to get that ball. And now look at all the space. And now, you know, we can go ahead and make a guy miss and, and possibly get a big play. So yeah. I thought this was good. It was adjustment uh, of the blitz. It was the way they picked it up. Um, Dorsey, just like uh, the, the, the his predecessor, a lot of quick outside throws against the blitz and then hopefully go over the top and get something big. So I thought their handling of, of that was very, very good. Yeah, I was looking to see if there was a, a, a an end zone view, but there wasn't. So everything you just said was, was pretty – pretty dope as far as that goes like you can see everything that you're talking about is i mean quentin morris is open here but the linebackers are right there um obviously that hot route of the guy just above quentin morris is sitting there but you know james cook is the read uh and then you did see just like you said you saw uh quentin morris kind of not rub him but just get in his way just right just this isn't way. an rpo but it's 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 what you would call a hot it's built-in hot routes whatever you know against yeah. that that mugged up look of the inside linebackers yeah so cool well let's do this let's transition now into the work and we'll just do some high level talk uh, and then we've got a bunch of video clips for this yeah. we've got just for those that and we haven't done video video clips this year this is the first time we've done them and I know people have been asking for them so I'm I'm glad that you're here and I'm glad that we got to get this we got <laughs> the whole thing worked out but uh, uh, just so we'll spend some time on the work, but uh, high level, just where do the Bills need to work the most from what you saw yesterday? Um, obviously, they're going to have to work on a lot of recognition. I, mm. I thought that they kind of – because you've got so many new offensive linemen in there, you got to work on your recognition. And um, there were some things that the Miami Dolphins did that gave some blitzes away, gave mm-hmm. some stunts away that they didn't pick up. And then also there's some recognition stuff by the center that he can do differently to help his tackles and help the other offensive linemen. And we'll look at some of that uh, here in a, in, a, in a moment. Yeah, it's hard for me to – it's hard for me to clear <sighs> – what, how do I want to say this? There's there's people out there that are, that are completely letting, letting the bills off the hook, and I'm not that guy. I'm I'm very confident in what I saw yesterday. Did they, did am I upset they lost? No. Sure. Do I feel like they could have won? Yes. Were there a lot of mistakes? Yes. Did they have ample opportunities to win that game? Yes. Am I down on them? It's 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 such a hard conversation for me to because to me, if that game's in Western New York, if that game is in a dome, the the bonk as you said, as you right. call it, right, the the wall that they hit both at the end of this first half and at the end of the second half, the the slight, I mean, 
when you're when you're in that state, when you are that taxed, when you are that tired, when you are that hot, when you are that dehydrated, just the just that fraction of a mental just miss is is all it takes, right? Um, it's hard for me to land on anything significant because I felt the defense played out of its mind, like you right. said. Would I've liked to have seen more pressure? Yes, and we're I think we're going to talk a little bit about but that. What happens though? What happens, Joe, when you put pressure? When you really try to make pressure happen, what happens? It depends on the quarterback, right? It depends on what happens. It's either going to force them into mistakes, or they're right. going to be. But you stress your secondary, right? Right, you stress your secondary, right? And where that was what they were scared to death about. I so, think I think that's why you probably didn't see some of the pressure stuff they normally do because it's put some guys on an island. Yeah, and uh, as good as they did scouting wise, as good as they are, and and I, like we said earlier, they've got a tremendous cachet of players right now with talent. Mm-hmm. I don't want my practice squad guy fresh off the squad going one on one versus Judy. You know what I mean? Uh, Waddle <laughs> or, or Waddle. I keep saying yeah. Judy Waddle. Yeah, yeah, yeah Waddle. it's close. Um, they're, they're all the Alabama receivers. What they're, you they're, said, Jerry uh, Judy early, and I wasn't going to argue with you. I was like, no, he's no, you should have you correct me, man. I'm I'm making mistakes. <laughs> I was like, that dude's pretty good too. Um, <laughs> but, but there Waddle. was a there was a lot of questions about that as far as why there wasn't more pressure, and I landed at, and this is literally a John Fina ism. I don't know what the game plan was. There was a good right. chance. That, there was a good chance that they were telling Vaughn not to attack, is right. So, and I think right. we've got a play where we're going to see a little bit, little bit of that. But let's talk about just some of the work. And I think the first one we've got is the uh, the Josh Allen fumble. Uh, uh, what, what it was? Where was this at? So this was early five ten, right in the first quarter. Uh, so this was after the Zach, the two Zach Moss runs, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Okay, so this is the this is the the, the sack that, that gave them you know think about that gave them seven points. All right, what we want to talk about here is the center. Okay, and and what happens before in the old days? I used to when you played center, you look between your legs. You'll see Josh Allen here in a moment. He'll raise his leg. Well, the difference is is the center is not looking between his legs anymore because what Belichick and the and the Patriots started doing. As soon as you look between your legs, it would change everybody around. And I remember when that happened, I'm sitting there and I feel Ruben, Ruben Brown's tapping my leg. I'm like, what, Ruben? And I look up and I'm like, oh, okay. So um, what is they that, do now is the, the guard. The, the amoeba defense? Is that like yes. the, the amoeba defense? Yes, exactly. Yeah. The yeah. amoeba defense. So now the guard looks and you'll see the right guard turn and look. And when he, when he, when Josh raises his leg, you'll see him shoot his arm forward. Yep, yep, yep. That's We've, telling the center he wants the ball. Now the center violently turns his head. Okay, you'll see it. Yep, and yep. right after he turns his head, woof, the ball goes. Right. And the reason he turns his head is because he's showing the tackles, hey, we're getting ready to go, because they might not be able to see the hand. The problem is he never changes that up. Every snap, he does the exact same thing. You don't think an, a defensive line is going to time that and get downhill? If I did that three times in a row, Fina would be in the huddle and he'd be like, yo, dude, like you need to switch this up. You know, the rule is the ball can come anytime after the, the head moves. Okay. Gotcha. And you actually can see the Dolphin Center changing it up a lot. Yeah. He needs to change that up because right here, if you watch his play, Deion Dawkins ain't even out of his stance. And, and, the, and the, the defensive ends around him. Right, and the defensive end, you know, Ingram's around them. So that's not uh, that's not necessarily 
something that's horrid, but what you're doing is you have to have situational awareness. And this is what I thought we kind of lacked a little bit of yesterday. You got to have awareness to help your guys out in a hostile environment when the times are tough. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's something altering that snap count, altering when that ball goes is something you can do to help your guys out. What's interesting too, and this, I, I, I kind of noticed this is the last time this offensive line looked this, uh, I don't want to say unprepared, just this maybe overmatched is a better word, right? When you talk about matchups and what they're doing right. against us versus what we've prepared against them. The last time the Bills offensive line looked this way was the Steelers home opener last year. Yes. And across from Deion Dawkins was Melvin Ingram, yes. same player. Yes. And Melvin Ingram had a great game. I don't know why Melvin Ingram, after that Steelers game, I was like, this might be the best defensive player in football. And then he kind of vanished. Right. And then he comes back and plays Buffalo again. And I know that that happens. Like sometimes there's just guys. Mario Williams used to do it all against the Dolphins all the time. When Mario Williams was a Buffalo Bill and we played the Dolphins with Tannehill, he used to eat his lunch over and over and over again. It was crazy. I, I have one of those guys too. When I used to play Miami and they had me out of right tackle and you're down there and you're sucking wind, Trace Armstrong was miserable for me. I didn't. I was, it was like the most miserable deal going because that dude only played third downs and all he did all week long was watch me on film. Right. And, right. Um, you know, it was miserable. So it's hard. So you want, you really need your center to help out when he can. And this is an area where they can help out. Right, right, right. So you can see exactly what you're talking about. You can see Deion Dawkins' head to the inside. And as soon as that head, uh, Van Roten's head snaps back, you see Deion look to the outside to find it to pick up his man, right? Because the ball's coming. Uh, and then by that time, Ingram's around him. Yeah, the human body can't move that quick. I mean, he he's he's snapping the ball before his head even comes back. I mean, you got to give Deion a chance. Right, right, for sure. So the next one that we have uh, is the Josh Allen sack by Ingram. And I picked this one. Oops, I took it out of the okay. that. I picked this one because um, there was just an aspect of, 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 of what it looked like Ingram did to Spencer Brown. Um, and thank God Spencer Brown continued to crawl after him, which I don't know why he did that, but he you'll see it when he hits the ground. He crawls, and then the ball ends up in his hands because Josh fumbles it. Uh, but you can talk about this one. Um. Basically, what happens here is the golden rule of pass pro is you never you never set down the middle of a defense alignment. What does that mean? What does that mean? Okay, so if you watch his set, watch how wide he goes. Okay, ready, stop. You see, he's already even with them. Yeah, his head and 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 Ingram's head are they're they're right in line with one another, right? Right. So what what happens now? Well, what he's done is his right guard's already blocking somebody. He's completely open that inside C gap. Okay, so that gives Ingram a guy who's fast, a guy who's a good pass rusher. It gives him two ways to go. He can go inside or out. In this case, he goes inside because unbeknownst Gilliam. to Brown, that tailback's sitting out there. So he's not going to run to where the tailback is. Right. And he's completely open the inside. Now, if he goes ahead and short sets that, which is doesn't jump outside and keeps the outside half of his body down the middle of Ingram, Right. He's now going ahead and said, okay, you got two ways to go outside me or through me, but you're not going to go inside. Right. And, right. Um, you know, we used to always talk about, we had an offensive line coach, John and I did. He used to always talk about, you know, when you go play blackjack in Vegas, if the dealer shows six or less, you stay right. Right. Cause that's a bus card for the, for the dealer. Yeah. Bus card. In, in this case, you've gone out and you just hit on 16 or less. Mm. And you, you have gone ahead and you've given them two ways to go. Well, Spencer Brown's also missing. John Fina talks all the time just about that punch, that initial set punch. Right. And Spencer Brown doesn't punch him at all. He doesn't get a hand and shoulder. Right. Like, well, maybe he does right there. He tries to hit him with his right hand, and it looks like he whips. Whiff well, right I there. think that he, 
I think he, it, from by the looks to me, he's still struggling a little bit with this back thing. No, he's you... not in midseason form. Um, we all know that he likes to be a real aggressive player and he yeah. likes to finish plays. That there wasn't wasn't how he plays. So I'd have to think that he's still he's still struggling a little bit. But you know what? At least he hustles and crawls and gets on that fumble and saves kidding. you know saves that turnover. You ain't you ain't kidding there. Uh, the next one we have is the uh, the Devin single Devin Singletary handoff uh, that you wanted to talk about uh, as far as the run play here. Was this me? Yeah, this is uh yes. <laughs> Sorry about that. I'll let it oh, run. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What we're, what we're going to talk about here is what the Bills got the sack on earlier. This is, again, another situational awareness thing. Look at look at what – and you know what? I give the Dolphins credit. This is great. I mean, this is great awareness. This is a great call because, you know, you got your you got Gabe Davis out here with a what you think is a tight split. That guy walks up inside. He's never going to get him. Right there, it and, is right there, and the problem is, is the tight end. His awareness has to be when he walks up outside like this. Pause it, okay? Everybody has a gap to play. Mm-hmm. You're not going to run two people through the C gap. So that guy that's there on him has to be spiking hard across his face. So in his mind, he has to be saying, "I've got to do whatever I can to get my hat inside and cut that off." Doesn't yep. have to look pretty. You just have to cut it off and keep that penetration from happening. Uh, they get penetration here, and um, you know the rest is history. So yeah, I don't a- think the Bills, and I think it has to do a lot with the Heat. Their situational awareness yesterday and looking at things that were given away to them, they didn't pick those up very well, and um, and it hurt them in a lot of cases. Yeah, Gabe Davis is in no man's land here, and it's funny right. because like last week, Khalil Shakir played for Gabe Davis, and we've got an end zone look at this. Uh, and there was many times this is this is the Gabe Davis thing. So Gabe Davis, because of his size, a lot of times you'll see him right. in this position grouping where he's the only wide receiver on the field. He comes in uh, and he and he ends up being an extra man blocker. Khalil Shakir last year got caught up in the wash and looked lost in this moment. And I don't think Gabe Davis looks lost as much as he just looks beat. And then it's like, uh, no, I don't know. What to the do. problem is, look at this. If you go back, OK. If you go back to this, if you start at the center, okay, where mm-hmm. the center is, if you count the guy on the center, you got one, the linebackers two, guy over the guard three, guy on the tackle four, guy on the tight end five, and you can actually count with Gabe's split so tight, the guy on him six. You got six guys on this side of the ball, okay? Mm-hmm. You've only got one, two, three over here with a guy that's split out. So technically – I want to underneath handoff and I want to go to the left. Right. I want to go ahead and hand that ball off or call an audible to get him over to the left side of this because they've got too many cats over here. Right. Right. Now I don't know what was called. I mean, I don't know if they had a call where they were trying to get Josh to pull it here or whatever. Even if he did pull it, that guy that's on Gabe Davis is now going to be that contained player. And it's probably going to be a tough play for him. He's going to either have to do one of the stiff arms or, Superman fly or whatever to get some positive yardage. So really the Dolphins did a great job by walking this up last minute, taking that runaway there. Okay. I almost <laughs> like to go the other way. What's amazing. And I just caught this is that, that, that linebacker, that defensive back, the, the safety that comes in, the Gabe misses also misses Devin Singletary and tackles Josh. <laughs> right. Right. And I'll tell you what's nice here. If you go back, I'll give you another good. 
Uh, I'll give you another good look at look at the the right tackle. Look at Quisenberry and your right guard Bates. Yeah, they 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 smashed this double team yeah. on the backside. We used to call that a B block, and they've got that move. So if we had that cut off, they're more than likely we're going to get positive yards there and, and squirt that out. But again, you've got to have that situational awareness to know he's going to go inside. Yeah, well, it was uh, who was that on the inside that looks like he was holding? Oh, that was it was Quentin Morris. Quentin Morris was holding his guy. Yeah. Is basically what what ended up happening what there. I mean, did they call it? They did not call it. So <laughs> did not. Real real quick, I need to jump over to uh to our last sponsor just because we're getting this is a lot of fun, uh, uh Jerry. Thank you so much. But I need to talk about uh, Q42 uh, Grills Mafia tailgate season is here. Uh, whatever sauce or rub you've been using, okay. turn the bottle around and check the ingredients. Compare what's in that to what's in Q42. Q42 is all natural, crafted in Western New York with local honey and real ingredients. It's why Q42 remains undefeated in blind taste tests. Get yours at Q42barbecue.com. Put in the code Phoenix Show and save 15%. Everybody that I know is using Q42. Well, real quick, it's my go-to rub on on, on briskets. The, the Texas brisket rub oh, is nice. phenomenal. Nice. Um, I use it. And then the other rub, the KC style rub, I use on my pork shoulders. Tremendous rubs to use. If you're a pellet smoker guy, you need to use these rubs because they produce unreal bark and pellet smokers. Nice, nice. So we have two videos left, and I actually we we made a mistake. We we have another good that we didn't get to, which was the two a sack. But okay. people are asking. It's already been in the comment section just about the third and twenty two. And you kind of wanted to talk about this real quick. This one shouldn't take long, but if you want to just no. kind of sec this real quick, as far as third and twenty-two and Tua hits Waddle uh, up the seam, but he splits basically the cover two shell, which JP Lossman could never do in his entire right. um, just hits it perfect. I mean, really, this is just a really well drawn out play, and it, and it's and to be honest with you, it's my guy's better than your guy. I mean, Waddle's a tremendous player, but if you watch this play, and you'll see more of it when they go tight on the receiver. They're in a cover two shell. Up top, you're running two two receivers. You got a guy that goes to the flat to hold that near side corner. You got a guy that runs a flag behind that, which holds that backside safety just long enough to go ahead this out and up, this move by Waddle that's tremendous. I mean, that is a pro's route. Mm -hmm. That gets that going, that gets that double, that uh cover two shell split. It's because anytime a receiver, you got to realize this. Anytime a receiver, if you watch what he does when he runs the out. He runs right at the face of that safety. Yeah. And what that does is it freezes him. And that little bit of a freeze by running straight at him lets him put his foot in the ground right there and, and get that space he needs. So yeah, this this really is well drawn out play. This is the Gabe Davis route. It's also the route that Stefan Diggs ran against the Titans on his long bomb. He just ran it. Right. I think uh other same side of the field, same side of the field. I think so. Yeah, same side of the field. Or was it against Jalen Ramsey? Whatever. Uh, Stephon Diggs actually yeah. ran the route. But, yeah. So, yeah. And it's the, it's the route that Davis ran in the playoff game against the Chiefs where he, the guy landed on his keister. I think it was the Titans game. I think it was on the opposite side of the field. But, the yeah. way you cover this play is 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 your front guys, your four guys up front, or if you bring in pressure, they got to get to Tua so that he has to pull it down and doesn't have the time to let this develop. Yeah, That is a long developing play. And they probably, again, saw something sitting in cover two. Probably not going to get the blitz that you think, and they were able to make the play. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then the last one we have is a good play. This is the two a sack, and I like what you said in the setup was that uh, we gave them a little bit of their own medicine. So right, go exactly. If you look up top, we went ahead and we brought our guy down on the line of scrimmage, and we got a guy on the guard, and we got a guy on the tackle, and um, we got a guy outside. And you'll see what we do. It's it's a tell. It's 
this guy's creeping up. You see him creeping up early. Watch what they do. They all slant inside. Um, I will say this, though. I think the guy that made this play, Joe, is Russo. And Mm. here's why. Watch, I believe this is, is this Gesicki, um, the tight end for the, for, for the Dolphins? I can he tell you. set up for the hot. He set up for the dump. But I think he feels Russo's pressure on the backside and makes him, makes him pull it down. Watch right here when he comes across, right? So here comes the guy. Look, see? Mm-hmm. He's got his hand up. Nice. Give me the ball. Now, I know the guy's here, but he might make a miss, maybe save all this lost yardage. But there's a ton of pressure coming backside, doesn't allow him to step up. And I think Greg Russo right now is playing tremendous football, a young guy that's really, really playing up to his draft spot. And I'd like to see him, uh, especially with um, Ed Oliver out, get down over top of a guard in the three technique in pass rush situations mm. and get an athletic mismatch. Mm. That's something. I made the joke uh... – I made the joke on Twitter that that was a great sack by EJ Manuel. Nobody laughed. So <laughs> I, I thought it was funny. I was like, hey, I see a guy running around with the number three on. It's got to be EJ Manuel, right? But yeah. <laughs> yeah, the whole single digit defensive lineman thing just is not, I don't like that. Especially when fat guys wear number eight. It's just too many round things going on. Right. So let's wrap this show up. And and Jerry, you have been awesome. And for those that have tuned in late, uh, you are watching, tuned into the Off Tech with John Fina show. Brought to you by the Market Dominator, House Capital, and Q42. Uh, and uh, John is not with us tonight. His mother, his dear mother, passed away yesterday. So he is with his family. Uh, and they were spending time together just celebrating her life uh, today. But uh, I appreciate everything that you've been a part of like this has been phenomenal it's been awesome and it, it's like it's it, it's funny because i don't feel like like i'm going into the bench i feel like <laughs> the level is has not declined at all the only thing that has gone away is i don't have any snark coming back at me like if i make a comment nobody's making fun of me which normally well, happens which well, we're not going to have any wally pep situations here when like when <laughs> like when he bowed out and what was it dimaggio or whoever took over for him no it wasn't it was gary it was lou gehrig then played right. what that had the record before Ripken broke it. Uh-huh. But no, I appreciate you having me on. It's been it's been awesome. Yeah. Um, and I, I wanted to do a good job for John because you guys do such a good job of this. I and um, you know, much respect and love to both of you. But let's um talk, next ex- yes. next expectations. Yeah. Um, I I think you continue to build. Uh, I think if you I think we're still so early in the season. Um, if you've got some guys that are iffy that you don't really want to play them because you're worried about affecting, you know, their, their play for the rest of the year, rest them. Um, it's, I'm sorry, it's human nature, but it's also the, why there's 17 games. Mm. Okay. This is a long season. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's not a sprint. I know you've heard it before. Uh, it's a marathon. It is a long marathon. And by the way, that's where the term bump came from. You watch marathon runners when they hit about mile 23 and they just go rubber legged. No. That's the bonk. The bonk. Um, yeah, exactly. So I think the Bills step up. I think they bounce back. You're going to see a lot of notepad practices this week, I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think you're going to see them hyper hydrate. They're going to take care of themselves, try to get back again. Probably a lot of cold tubs and a lot of cold plunges and um, get their muscles back and get their bodies back. Because here's the thing these guys know how to play football. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can get your timing and everything you need without going out there and beating the hell out of each other. Right, and right. I think this is one of those weeks where you make sure your assignment sound and you get ready to play a good football team. Yeah. And again, you know, another quarterback that gives you another look that you haven't seen before, you know, as of yet this season, a guy that runs all over the place and can make yeah. plays with his feet as well as a big arm. So 
yeah. big week for them to recover and uh, just keep building on what they've been doing. For me, I you know it's it's going to sound overwhelmingly arrogant, and I don't mean it to. I just feel like this team is in a good place. Like I, the defense, I think. I don't think the defense is going to be outmatched this weekend. You know, anytime you're going up against Lamar Jackson, he's an all-world talent, and he's going to provide challenges. But the Bills play guys that provide all-world challenges every week. The first week yep. it was Cup and Aaron Donald. The second week it was Derrick Henry. Right? Yes. Yesterday it was it was Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. And I think the Bills are just up for the challenge, and I think they correct a lot of these mistakes. Um, <laughs> six of them, and if one of them isn't a mistake. It's a different conversation. We're having a completely different conversation. Yeah. So um, I look. I agree with you. I think they're going to take care of their bodies this week. I think you look to see the Bills bounce back. And to be honest with you, even if they don't, this is another one. If they go two and two in this first stretch of four games, which is brutal, they got the Pittsburgh Steelers right. in, which you know that's a that's a not a great football team. And then you and I will actually with John Fina will be in Kansas City. Uh, yes, see the 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 Bills play the Chiefs in Kansas City. I'm greatly looking forward to that. But uh, yeah, I I expect the Bills to bounce back. I you know Mark uh, Mark Andrews provides a challenge, and then obviously you know Lamar Jackson. But for me, I think the Bills have a great shot at winning this football game this weekend. But uh, I don't and, you know worry. they're going to have to. They're, Dobbins is getting healthy again, and yeah. they they're kind of putting him on a pitch count as far as how many plays he played this week. Uh, right. I think they'll right. free him up a little more next week. Um, so you'll have to worry about that as well. But I think that um, hopefully at Oliver's back, that's a big loss right now. We don't have any inner pocket disruptor. If you can get Phillips back, that would be great. One of the two would be, I would be okay with that. Right. And then, you know, we'll see what happens. And I think, uh, you know, I think it's the biggest question right now, Joe, is when does White show up? Uh, so I believe the, so he, so PUP, he can't play or practice, obviously can't play, can't practice for the four, first four weeks. And right. the consensus is, is there's no way that he would come back week five. Right. So there's an aspect of them elevating him to the active roster to, so then he can practice. Right. So the idea would be week five, they would elevate him to the active roster so he could practice. He'd get three weeks of practice in by week is week seven and he'd be, be back game week eight. Right. So is, is kind of the, the looming thought. At least what I, I've been hearing, so. I would have to say, though, you probably are amiss if you don't think they're putting him through the rigors right now. Oh, and nobody, I don't, I don't and know. Nobody's saying it. Is he is he allowed to be at the facility if he's on PUP? No matter if he's at the facility, I guarantee you he's training like a madman. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, wherever he is, there's so hey, you can you can go anywhere anymore. I mean, they'll drive to your house with a semi, pop the back down, and you have a gym in your front yard. I mean, he you was know how they are. he was doing things in training camp off to the side that was stuff normal humans can't do, and he just right. had ACL surgery. Like he was he was jumping and landing on one foot, and then he'd jump and land on the other foot, and then jump. Yeah. And I'm just sitting there going, uh, if I was healthy, I don't think I could do that. And I'm I mean. Right. It's just, yeah, he was just doing other world stuff, but uh, I guarantee you he's been, he's, he's stressing, he's stressing that knee right now, getting ready to go. And when he plays, he's going to be all right. Jerry Ostrowski, former Buffalo Bill sitting in for John Fina, a couple of legends. I get to hang around with Jerry. Tell everybody where they can find you. Um, you know what? I have to even look at my, uh, I have to look at my, my deal on Twitter. I even forget what it is anymore. It's, it's been, you know, I'm old man. You know, I'm not, I'm not pretty like Fina, you know, he's, he's a, he's a smart guy. I ran my head into the ground for too long, but I'm on Twitter at Ostrowski underscore big O. So that's where I like, you know, Twitter is paradise for old men like me. Um, so if you want to catch me, catch me on at Ostrowski, O-S-T-R-O-S-K-I underscore big O. And um, 
love to hear from you. I'm so excited about Kansas City. I can't even do. Heck, I'm getting to where I can't even sleep, man. I'm ready to go. Final thoughts? Um, I'm very, very proud of this football team. I'm very proud from the top, the the front office all the way to the bottom. I thought they handled this week extremely well. You know what else? how else they handled it? Mm. Unlike those idiots in Miami, mm-hmm. they handled it with class. Okay? <laughs> they handled it with class. Our football team is a classy organization. Our fans are classy. Exactly. Um, and they handled themselves very, very well. I'm proud of our football team for how the, the toughness they displayed. And I'm proud of our fan base for not only how they support, but how classy they are as individuals. And I can't wait to meet some of them in a few weeks up in Kansas City. And, uh, you know, I was drafted by the Chiefs, and they cut me. So I will be talking. I might not be quite as classy as the rest of them. We win that football (laughs) game. I might be talking some gas, but uh, it'll be good. Awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been tuned into the Off Tackle with John Fina Show, brought to you by the Market Dominator team on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network, presented by Picasso's Pizza. My name is Joe Miller. I'm the host of the show. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. That over there is Jerry Ostrowski. Uh, for me, for Buffalo Rumblings, for Q42, for House Capital, for the Market Dominator team. Jerry, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for being here. Same. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate you. Go Bills. Go Bills. <laughs>